You are listening to Defunct Games Presents Cyril Reed's Bionic Commando. Previously on Cyril Reed's Bionic Commando. After successfully defeating the evil Nas organization, Jack Markson and his partner, Super Joe, were ready to celebrate their victory. But Generalissimo killed and his bad terrorist group had other ideas. Using ninjas and snipers, killed ruined their day and kidnapped Super Joe. Thankfully, Jack was able to escape, but not before suffering some major injuries with his arm. The Federation may have been able to save Jack, but they were forced to remove his arm and attach a plastic bionic arm that will aid him in his quest to defeat Kilt and rescue Super Joe. Already, he's managed to escape, becoming a Jack Sandwich, fought off a giant squid tangled with fighter jets, and defeated a evil man-eating plant. No, I'm not joking. Jack is so close to rescuing Super Joe, but in his most recent mission, he managed to get caught by two dozen bad soldiers. Will our hero be able to dodge bullets from 20 different guns? These questions and more are answered on another exciting episode of Cyril Reed's Bionic Commando. Chapter 16 Jack's bionic arm was raised in a karate stance. Very slowly, he pressed the activator for the hot finger. A blast of heat shot out towards the bad commando. A second later, the soldiers felt the heat on their trigger fingers. They screamed and dropped their guns, shaking their burning fingers in the air. Jack made a run at the door towards the tunnel and slammed it shut behind him. Crumbling steps led down to a murky underground corridor. Jack flicked on his high-intensity flashlight and checked it out. The tunnel was lined with old stones on the ceiling and the sides. When Jack touched one of them, it fell down in chunks onto his face, along with a fat black spider. He brushed the spider off his body in disgust. This place gave him the creeps. The whole thing looked like it could collapse into a pile of rubble. There was no turning back. Jack moved deeper into the tunnel, splashing through pools of water standing on the slimy floor. Black furred rats scuttled around his feet and down the tunnel in front of him. Jack worried that they might alert an even bigger rat that could be just ahead. For twenty long minutes, Jack slogged through the endless tunnel. Finally, he came to a place where another tunnel intersected with the main one. He stopped to flash the light up the two corridors. Then he heard the sound of trampling feet echoed from both ends. It was Kilt's commandos coming to find him in the underground death trap. Jack flashed his lights into the main tunnel ahead, hoping that the end might be in sight, but all he saw was the yellow eyes of rats reflecting back at him. Jack broke into a run. He couldn't muffle the sound of his own heavy boots on the tunnel floor. He knew they would draw the bads to him like vultures to rotten meat. A bullet whizzed past his shoulders and smashed into the wall ahead of him. Jack dodged a huge chunk of stone that fell from the ceiling, just missing his head. Then the hard, cold truth hit him. The tunnel was going to be his grave. The bullets didn't get him. The old stones would be broken up and bury him alive. He had to stop those bullets from blasting apart the tunnel in front of him. Jack reached for a flare bomb in his commando jacket and tossed it behind him. In its red glare, he saw 20 bad soldiers toting semi-automatics. Jack pulled the three-way gun from his back 
and retreated a few yards further down the passage. He had a plan. He would blast away enough section of the tunnel to create a barrier between him and the rest of the enemies. Then he could run ahead and find his way out of this place. Jack turned around and fired off a round of ammunition into the ceiling and walls of the tunnel between him and the bad. (laughs) Suddenly, it sounded like the whole earth was caving in. Stone after stone crumbled down into a shower of dust and rock that blockaded the tunnel. Jack jumped to the side as a horde of frenzied rats raced past him. Jack looked at the pile of rubble and smiled. There was no way the bads could get through that. Then suddenly he realized why the rats had been running. The stones in the ceiling hadn't stopped falling. Foot by foot, the whole tunnel was collapsing. Jack turned and ran at full speed, racing the rats over the slimy floor. He hoped the tunnel would come to an end before he did. A minute later it did, in a steel door. Jack felt the blood run cold. The roar of the falling rock was building in his ears. He searched his commando jacket for electronic permit he had found in stage six. Where did he put it? He checked the right side pocket. Nothing. He felt through his zippered pouch in the back. Nothing. Finally, he found it with Tiger's map in his side pocket. The dust from the crumbling stone was stinging his eyes and filling his lungs. Jack ran his bionic fingers over a steel door and found a slot. He pushed the electronic permit in just as the rats caught up with him. Nothing happened. Game Hint Get Free continues by crashing the helicopter into the green truck on the map stage. You'll descend into the enemy level. After you defeat the men, you'll find white birds. These are your continues. Chapter 17 Jack jerked the permit out, turned it around, and stuck the other end into the slot. There was an electronic beep and the door swung open just as the stone ceiling above Jack began to cave in. Jack dived through the door seconds before it slammed back shut. Dazed and half-blinded by the bright sunlight, Jack lay on the ground and gulped in the fresh, clean air. He was safe in stage 14, and just one step away from rescuing Joe. Super Joe's face flashed through his mind. Then Heather's, and Tiger's. They were all worth fighting for, even worth dying for. Jack looked into the big blue sky, knowing that something was changing in him. He'd never cared about people this way before. On his other missions, he'd wanted to prove his his macho strength and skill. Now, that didn't matter. All he wanted was to get Joe and Heather and, and Tiger out of this place. Alive. Jack sat up, his strength and determination restored. He radioed up for the chopper. With any luck, he'd see Super Joe within the hour. This is it, Jack told himself, the big one. He was floating down into stage seven, checking out the heavily fortified installation. The buildings looked like armored tanks with spy towers hovering over them. Jack knew he wouldn't get far without bad detecting him. 
BAM! A shell exploded near his feet and landed on the ground. Jack threw off his parachute, raised the three-way gun, and blew away a killer copter above him. Bad wasn't wasting any time. Jack ran for the building, grappling up to the ledge and took cover. He heard a strange, rumbling sound behind him and whirled around. A one-man tank was maneuvering towards him, its driver protected by a bulletproof shield. Jack crippled it with a three-way gun and grappled higher and higher up the building. More tanks came at him, but they were no match for his weapons. Kilt would need more than this to keep him away from Super Joe. When Jack reached the top of the building, a horde of unmanned killer copters buzzed towards him like angry wasps. He slammed the extra magazine of ammo into his three-way gun and blew them away, one by one. Jack crouched behind the tower and pulled out the blue communicator. He gave a call for help. This is Jack. Help me find Super Joe, he yelled into the transmitter. Hal's voice barked out over the static. Go across the pole to your left. Joe's in the command room. You're close, Jack. Really close. Jack looked over and saw a perfectly straight row of flagpoles, spaced more than 30 feet apart. The command room was on the top of the building on the other side of the poles. Jack fired out the grappling hook. It hit the top of the first pole and then slid off. He tried again. And again. But the hook didn't catch. A killer copter swooped down, peppering the air with gunfire. Jack blasted it in the air as he shot out his grappling hook yet again. This time it held. He swung from pole to pole until he reached the top of the next building. He opened the door to the command room and jumped inside. As his feet hit the ground, a voice he despised boomed through a loudspeaker. You're... you're... You're a fool, Markson. It was the hand. You will never rescue Super Joe. You fool. You will die. Jack felt his heart freeze as he saw a huge robot coming from across the room towards him. It pointed its right hand at him and shot out an electronic ray that sizzled through the air. Jack jumped aside and watched as the ray burned a hole in the wall. He aimed the three-way gun and fired at the robot, but his bullets bounced off the metal body like rubber bullets. Now Jack knew why the hand sounded so confident. The robot seemed indestructible. Suddenly, a smile of triumph crossed Jack's face. He remembered Heather's words. Only a bionic commando could save Joe. He pressed the activator button on the middle finger and pointed it at the robot. An electronic field shot out across the enemy, scrambling his circuits. The robot froze like a statue in science fiction museum. Jack ran past it to a heavily barred door. He ripped it open with his bionic arm and ran inside. Super Joe jumped up in surprise. His face was covered with bruises, and he was smiling when he saw Jack. Kilt told me you were dead, he said, his voice shaky with emotion. I'm alive as you are, Joe, Jack said. Looks like we're a team again. 
Joe punched him on the shoulder and started to laugh. Looks like I, I owe you one now. Oh, I was beginning to wonder if I'd ever get out of this place. You haven't been keeping score correctly. Now or even. And we're not out of here yet, Jack said. That's for sure, Joe said, his face drowning into a frown. Guilt has finished the albatross and helped Master D. Oh, they're planning to test it tonight on the continent of North America. Jack looked at his watch on his bionic arm. That means we only have about two hours. Do you have a plan? He looked up and saw that Joe was staring with curiosity at his bionic arm. I lost my real arm during the fall in Buenos Aires, he told Joe. The Federation doctors gave this to me, this bionic one. I'm starting to appreciate it now. Joe's face broke into a grin. So, you're the bionic commando? The kilt has been, been going nuts about you. Jack laughed and raised his bionic arm up into a fist. I thought Kilt was already nuts, he said. He's a dangerous nut, Jack. We'd better split up and try to sabotage their plans before it gets too late. Uh, I'll head to the Stage 12, Kilt's headquarters. You'll have to fly to Stage 18 and battle him with a machine gun. We'll, we'll need to knock out the Albatross. Meet me at Stage 12 after you've contacted the captain. Jack reached for something in his pocket and handed it to Joe. Here's your good luck charm. You're gonna need it. Just then, the hand's voice bellowed through the loudspeaker. The two of you must die. Jack and Joe ran to the cell and headed for two different exits in the control room. Jack took a last look at his friend. Would he ever see Super Joe alive again? To be continued. And now, an open letter to J.B. Stamper, author of Bionic Commando. Can you believe we're almost done with this book? After today, we only have two more episodes, so Jack Markson is going to be real busy swinging around and killing every bad guy that gets in his way. Thankfully, he still has a lot of evil bad guys left to kill. Just about one for every chapter we have left, if I'm doing my math correctly. I'm on pins and needles when it comes to figuring out what Jack is going to do next. Will he be able to defeat the Hand? Will Kilt be as big of a pushover as he is in the game? And, well, most importantly, how graphic will Master D's death actually be? If it's anything like the game, then we're probably going to have to age-gate this podcast or something. I can't wait to find out. But let's stop looking ahead. Perhaps it's time to address some of my concerns about these last two chapters. First of all, when Jack is worried about dealing with the, the giant rat, I'm sure I'm not the only person that thought that he might actually have to deal with a giant rat. Sure, it sounds ridiculous, but everything you've written so far has been way over the top. I mean, after, after reading uh, about how he had to defeat a killer octopus and a man-eating plant, a giant rat idea doesn't sound as far-fetched as it one might once have. Uh, I was actually a little disappointed that Jack didn't fight a giant rat. I I don't know, it, it would have been a perfect way to, to end the chapter, if you ask me. Instead, we got some boring old robot monster, which was entirely too easy to defeat. 
And while we're at it, I've started to notice that Jack has really fallen for that annoying little kid, Tiger. Maybe it's because he's under duress or something, but I'm starting to notice that Jack is, is really really turned into a little pussy in this last few chapters. I, he, he's worried about Heather, yet it's not even his girlfriend. I mean, at the end of the story, Super Joe and Heather are going to ride off into the sunset together, yet, yet Jack will be left with Tiger. That's, that's not a fair trade-off. All Super Joe had to do was, you know, be tortured and get locked up in a cage. Jack had to lose his arm, fight a giant squid, deal with a man-eating plant, and and swing all over the place. If anything, he should be the one getting the girl. And, and really, there's got to be a button on that bionic arm that that does something to please the ladies, if you, you know what I mean. At least Jack has figured out that in order to save Super Joe, uh, he was going to have to uh, take his gun off a of stun mode. I'm serious. How, how stupid was it that Jack was, was putting everything on stun mode, especially when, when all these other people were trying to kill him? Now he has a gun that, that apparently doesn't have a stun mode, so he's, he's out there shooting to kill. But better yet, this gun uh, shoots several bullets at once, so he can make up for all the time he wasn't using stun mode, I guess. Seriously, stun mode? What the hell? Get real. Well, these were pretty solid chapters, if I do say so myself. After all these stupid chapters where nothing much happens, it's it's actually kind of nice to have a chapter where something happens, or where we finally meet up with Joe, even if the two of them decide to split up almost immediately after finding each other. If the Hand, or Kilt, or Master D, or well, whoever's in charge, was smart, they would have just rigged the whole place with explosives so that the moment that Jack entered the room, it went boom. That would have been the wise thing to do. I mean, clearly the Hand knew that they, he was there when he was talking to him. It would have just made sense for the hand to just push a button, and then there goes the two people that he wanted to die. After all, he's the one that suggested to Kilt that, that they should just kill Super Joe instead of keeping him alive. Dumbass. Speaking of which, where is Kilt these days? I haven't heard from him in weeks. Alright, well, I am running out of time, so I will write you next week uh, when we celebrate the penultimate episode of Cyril Reed's Bionic Commando. Thanks again for all your wonderful chapters. I... Can't wait to see what happens next. Uh, Until then, I'm still Cyril, and I just read Bionic Commando.